Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello, and welcome to episode number nine of the Property Magic Podcast, in which I'm going to share with you how to buy property direct from existing landlords and why that's a great idea. I'll detail the step-by-step process of finding landlords who want to either sell or rent their property to you and how you can make it a win-win for everyone involved and why now is such a great time to be doing this. But first of all, let's think about why would a landlord consider selling some of their properties? After all, if they're making great cash flow, why would they want to give that up? Well, the number one reason is because they want to retire or retire early. You see, after a certain number of years of owning properties and managing them and having the values increase over time, there are landlords who think, right, now's come the time. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to benefit from the equity growth I've had. I'm going to sell and cash in and just sit on a beach with a big pile of money and enjoy the rest of my life. So there are always landlords looking to retire. They've just come to that part of their natural life cycle. However, right now, there's even more landlords looking to retire and considering retiring early than they're originally planning to because of the effects of Section 24. Now, just to make sure you're up to speed on this, Section 24 is a new tax planning that came in in April 2017 where the government decided they wanted to tax property investors in a different way to other businesses and different to the way they'd taxed them previously. You see, normally you could take a property, rent it out, and you take all the expenses off the rental income to work out the profit. And one of those expenses you could include was the interest on the mortgage because it's a genuine expense. The government has said they don't think you should be able to offset that finance cost anymore. So what it means is you're going to have less costs to take off the rental income. So on paper, you're making more profit, even though you've actually got to pay the mortgage. And what that means is you're then going to pay more tax on your property. Now, this only affects people who own property in their own name, which most landlords do, and people who are higher rate taxpayers, which, again, most landlords are. So this is affecting a huge number of landlords. Now, there are a number of things you can do. Some people are moving their properties into a limited liability partnership or into a limited company, etc. But there are also a lot of landlords who are saying, you know what? I've had some really good growth. I don't think I want to do this anymore. And so I'm just going to start selling some of my properties. And we know this is not just theory. This is actually happening Because we've seen at the Property Investor Network meetings, we've got 50 of them all over the country every month, which means we've got our ear to the ground and we know what's going on at a grassroots level. There are more and more landlords coming to these meetings looking for ways of getting rid of their properties. I spoke to one of my mastermind delegates just yesterday, and he's found a 70-year-old landlord who lives in Essex, who's got 24 properties up north in Rotherham who wants to sell half of those properties. So it could be a great potential deal there. So this is why now is such a good time. And when the landlords get their tax return in January and they see that they've had the same income coming in, but they're paying more tax and this is going to happen over the next few years, 
more and more landlords are going to come to the decision where they want to retire early. So that's the main reason why a landlord would consider selling their properties because they want to retire. The second reason is maybe they're just tired. Maybe they've had really bad tenants. And unfortunately, there are some bad tenants out there. Or maybe they're fed up of managing the property. Or maybe they're not even managing themselves, but they're fed up of bad letting agents who've not been managing the property very well. And the third reason is maybe someone has inherited a property. Maybe they've inherited it from a family member or maybe they've got it as part of a divorce settlement and they are just not interested in managing that property. They just want to sell it and get rid of it. So now you understand some of the reasons why landlords might be willing to get rid of these cash flowing assets and also why now is such a good time to do this. Let's think about how do we actually find these landlords? And there are two main ways. So the first approach is a very targeted way of identifying properties that you would like to own within your portfolio. And you can find out who owns these by going on to Land Registry, landregistry.gov.uk, pay a few pounds, download the title deeds. And on the title deeds, it should generally have the address of the owner of that property. You can then send them a letter to see, would they be interested in selling their property? And most people may not be interested at the time you send a letter to them. But if you keep sending letters every so often, there might be a time when actually think, yeah, maybe I, I am interested in selling this. And you might be the only person who's speaking to them at that point about that property. So a great example of this is one of my uh, clients, uh, Tim Percival. Uh, he was uh, a doctor, a GP uh, living in Bristol, and he was really fed up of his job, very stressed, working very hard, and he just didn't want to be a GP anymore. He wanted to find a way of replacing his very healthy income. So I'm pleased to say he joined our Property Mastermind program. And as a result of that, he actually more than replaced his income in just 12 months. So an amazing achievement. Now, as I said, Tim lives in Bristol and there's an area called Clifton, which is just below the Clifton Suspension Bridge. It's the classic image of Bristol. I'm sure you've seen it. And in Clifton, there are these lovely five story uh, properties. And Tim drove past these pretty much every day. And he thought, wouldn't it be amazing to own one of these properties? And he noticed that there was always a toilet sign outside one of them. It was a student property. And so he went on to the, uh, the land registry and he found the details of the people who owned it. Now, actually, this was a company that owned this particular property. And this was a company based up in the Midlands, but they had this property down in Bristol. So he just sent them a letter. It was a very well crafted letter. He he put a bit of time into it saying how, you know, he'd always wanted to buy one of these properties and he saw this property there and he wondered if they would ever consider selling it at some time in the future. Now, as luck would have it, this particular company who are based in the Midlands had decided they didn't really want this odd property in Bristol. Most of theirs were up in the Midlands and they decided they were going to sell it. Tim's letter arrived at just the right time. So they responded to him. He met up with the owners at the property and they agreed to buy it in an off market deal. So this wasn't on the market. There was no competition. Tim did pay the full market price of this property, about £720,000. You might think, wow, that's a lot of money. But I need to tell you, this is a 16 bed student HMO. 
Now, the reason Tim was so excited when he looked around, not only was it a lovely building, it was in reasonable condition, but he noticed that the rent that this particular landlord was charging was a lot less than the true market rent in Bristol. This company were charging the typical rents up in the Midlands about £350 per month, whereas Tim knew he could get 500 or 550 per month by renting to students in Bristol. So they were out of touch with the local market. This often happens if you have investors out of the local area. So Tim bought this property. He immediately put the rents up and he increased the rental income on this 16 bed property. So the income was over £8,000 a month. By the time you take off the mortgage and all the bills, Tim was making about £4,500 profit every single month from this one property. And that's that's an incredible cash. You know, uh, over £50,000 a year from just one property. That's an incredible profit to make. That's almost two normal salaries replaced from just one property. Now, it did need several hundred thousand pounds of deposit going into it, but he still gets a 26% return on investment. So even if Tim used someone else's money, he'd be able to give them a good return and still have a very healthy profit himself. So it just goes to show that writing letters to specific property owners can work. Now, Tim was lucky that they happened to be selling, but the more letters you do, the luckier you get. Now, the second method is a bit more of a blanket approach, where instead of targeting just one or two particular properties that you like to buy, instead you write to all of the landlords you can find in a particular area to see if they'd be interested in selling or renting their property to you. Now, you might think, well, why would you want to rent it? Well, remember, there are landlords who maybe don't necessarily want to sell now, but maybe they've got some problems. And actually, if you can give them a guaranteed rental income, they'd be very happy. So you could take on the property on a rent to rent basis where you rent their property. You then rent out uh, the property in a slightly different way to make it more profitable, either as an HMO or serviced accommodation. Um, Or even better than rent to rent, you get a purchase lease option where you rent it out, but you also get the right to buy the property in the future. Now, we're going to talk about rent to rent and purchase these options in the next edition of the Property Magic podcast. But suffice to say, sending letters out to lots and lots of landlords saying you're interested in buying or renting works incredibly well. So let me talk you through the step by step process of exactly how you do this to find this type of landlord. So the first thing is in the UK, um, there are requirements by local councils for certain types of property to be registered with them. In the UK, it's houses of multiple occupation. And in fact, around the world, in most countries, local councils have requirements for landlords to be listed. Not always, but in many areas, this is the case. But in the UK, it just happens to be people who have houses of multiple occupation. Now, you can access that information and you can then write directly to those property owners. Different councils do have different interpretations about this. Um, Some councils feel that this information should not be available and not should be used for for marketing purposes. And so they make it difficult to get hold of it. But you know what? If it's difficult to get hold of it, that's actually not a bad thing because it will put most of the amateurs off. If the information is freely available, as some councils, they put a list on their website of all the HMOs. You just download that and then you can obviously contact the owners. 
Um, but some councils say you have to physically go in to see them. You can't take the records out of their council building. So just be aware, different councils do have different approaches. Sometimes they might say the information, you can't have it. Well, just for your information, um, under Section 232 of the 2004 Housing Act, you should be able to get in access to this information. Now, many councils, the majority, will just give you the rental property address. And you don't really want to send a letter to the rental property because there's a very good chance the owner will not actually receive that letter because maybe the tenants kind of throw it away or they put it in a pile and it never really gets to the landlord. So you don't really want to write to the rental address. Instead, you want to write to their home address so that you can get the address of the rental property, go onto land registry, get the title deeds, find the home address, and then you write to their home. So you send them a letter and you don't want to be too specific. If you want to do rent to rent, don't just say, I want to rent your property. Or if you just want to buy, don't just say, I just want to buy. Be very general. Say, look, I, I notice you have this property. Uh, I'm a local landlord. Um, I'd be very interested in either renting this from you, giving you a guaranteed rent, or maybe even buying it at some point in the future. If that's of interest, please contact me. Um, I would obviously say how you found their details, the fact that it's available from the council. Talk about the specific address um, that you, you've got listed for them. Bear in mind, someone who owns an HMO, HMOs are a more advanced strategy. They probably have other properties. They might have other HMOs. So when you look up, when you get all the addresses, uh, you don't want to send, if someone's got five different HMOs, five letters to the same landlord, you'd send one letter to the landlord about some of those properties. Um, and what you're trying to do is you want to get them to contact you to have a, a conversation, a conversation about their situation and a conversation about, you know, can you help them in some way? Now, if you send them a normal letter of a printed envelope, it looks just like anything else. You want to make sure the landlord sees and opens this envelope with interest. So one of the things we advise my students to do is use colored envelopes. And if possible, get someone to hand write the address on the front of the envelope. Now, that's not a good use of your time. You might have someone who can do that for you. And then you post them off. So when the landlord receives this color envelope that's handwritten, they think it could be a birthday card or a party invite or something like that. And they open it up and they get your land letter, landlord letter. Now, they might be a bit disappointed by that, but at least they've opened it up. Now, a lot of people say, yeah, but what about GDPR? So GDPR stands for General Data Protection Regulations. It came in a while ago, and it's all about how organizations communicate with and promote to clients and potential clients and how they store and how they protect data. And it's all about protecting consumers. So you can write to a business and a business is not affected by GDPR. So and I'm just going to give you my view here. I'm not a specialist on this. It's my personal interpretation. But if you write to a landlord about their property business, I would say you're writing to them about their business. And therefore, GDPR doesn't really come into effect. Because, you know, if someone has a rental property, as far as HMRC is concerned, the tax man, the government, that is a business. So I'm writing to someone about their business, first of all. The other thing is, um, you're allowed to write to an interested party. So I'm writing to a landlord who's got property they want to rent out 
to ask them if I can rent their property. So they're obviously an interested party. What, I, what I'm wanting is, is what they offer, basically. Having said this, you do sometimes get some people who might come back saying, well, how did you get my details, even though you put in the letter that you got it from the local council? And why are you writing to me? And even though you explained in the letter why you're writing to them, and they might start talking about GDPR because they don't really understand what GDPR is. Um, they, I don't think they could really do anything about it. I don't think you'd really get prosecuted. Um, but if someone does complain, just be very calm, be very polite, apologize profusely. And I would say something like, you know what? I'm really sorry for bothering you. I just thought you might be interested in renting your property or maybe selling it at some point. If that's not the case, I'm going to take you off the list and I'm never going to write to you again. I'm really sorry for any inconvenience. And just be very apologetic. Be very nice. If they're being angry at you, don't be angry back to them. There's no reason to do that. Um, and then, as I said, make sure you never contact them again. Now, a couple of tips here to, to make the most out of these landlord letters. The first one is you want to treat this like a campaign. I'm a landlord. I've got HMOs in Birmingham and also one down in Swindon. And I occasionally get letters from people. But it's interesting that I usually only get one letter from the potential investor. Now, the chances of me receiving that letter, actually seeing it, actually want to do something about it quite small because it, I might not actually get the letter. Um, it might not be the right timing for me. Even if I'm interested, I might take it and put it on my to-do pile. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I have this pile of things I want to do and I never quite get around to them. I'm sure it's not just me. So if you send someone a second, third, fourth letter, then they're more likely to get the message and come back to you if what you're talking about is of interest. And there's a good chance the first time they don't really get it. The first time it's not really relevant. And so this is why you need to treat it as a campaign. If you just send one letter, you might get some responses, but there are a lot of people who actually, they haven't quite got it. They need to see the message seven or eight times to really get it. Now, there are other people sending letters as well. And don't worry about that because that's actually good for you because the more letters these landlords are getting, the more they might be thinking about, oh, yeah, maybe I should maybe think about selling or renting some of my properties. So it is all about the timing. And I would highly recommend rather than just cherry picking a few landlords, you literally contact all of the HMO landlords in your area that you can. Remembering that even if the property that you're writing about isn't of interest, they might have other properties that they might be happy to get rid of. Now, if there's a big list of potential landlords you could write to, um, I would suggest rather than sending all the letters out in one go, you break the list down into smaller chunks so you can phase it over a couple of months. I think every two months is a good time to send a letter. So let's say there's 1,200 landlords you could write to in a particular city. You could divide that 1,200 by eight, so across eight weeks, we'll give you 150 to do every week. So you send 150 letters out every week. And by the time you've got to the full uh, 1,200, you then cycle back in the ninth week back to the first 150. Now, the reason for doing this is you don't want to get overwhelmed by lots of responses coming back. And also, if at any time you just can't have you got too many deals to deal with, you could just stop the campaign and then restart it whenever you want leads to come through. So what do you actually do when the landlord calls you? Well, obviously, first of all, I would say, hi, thanks for calling. I'm glad you responded to my letter. And I ask them, what was your reason for calling me? And they might say, well, 
actually, it might be to complain you're sending them a letter, or it might be just to see what you're doing, or it might be, well, actually, I, I've been thinking about this for a while, and, you know, I, I, I've got a property that I don't really want, or whatever the reason is, but try and build the rapport with this person and try and find out what's the problem. And a great thing to do is, because obviously they're hopefully a local landlord, why not actually go and meet up with them, have a coffee, maybe go and look at one or two of their properties and, and see if you can understand what is their problem, what's the pain, and how could you solve it for them? So one thing to just position here that sometimes you get contacted by landlords who are looking to sell and they have a very overinflated view of how much their property is worth. And this is because maybe they've spoken to an estate agent and agents who want to get the business, they want to be able to sell that property, they can earn a commission. They sometimes overinflate how much they can actually get for that property owner. So they might have spoken to a few agents, their heads might be filled by slightly higher ideas of how much the property's worth. And obviously we can't pay too much for a property. And so because of that, we might say, well, you know what? Um, what you're asking is probably a bit more than I'm prepared to pay. So why don't you just put it on the open market and you potentially lots of people can look at it then and hopefully you'll find someone who will pay the price you want. So you're very nice about it, very polite, but suggest you probably can't help them. They should just put it on the market. Now, the reality is if they're asking too much for their property, no one is going to come and buy it. And so over time, their expectations might get moderated. And so it's important for you to keep in touch with those people and follow up. They may not be motivated now, but they might become more motivated with time. And really, we are looking for those landlords who are motivated right now. Ideally, they've got some sort of problem that maybe we can help them with and we can come up with an ethical win-win solution. Now, they might just have one property. They might have an entire portfolio. And if they have a portfolio, what you could do is you break it down. You analyze each individual property as if it was on its own. And remember, you don't have to buy all of these properties all at once. You could use the phased approach where you uh, buy a number of properties over a number of years. And that's great for the landlord because it means they can minimize their capital gains tax they pay. Capital gains tax is the tax you pay on the profit they've had, the difference between the purchase price and the sales price, less any buying and selling costs and less any capital improvements. So the profit they make when you sell a property, you've got to pay capital gains tax. But each year, we all get a personal capital gains tax allowance. Now, it's each year, not for each property. If you don't use it, you lose it. But by phasing the sales over a number of years, they can get that allowance each year, which means they're going to pay less tax. Now, the best way to help a landlord do this is with purchase lease options, where we can take on the property, we can manage it for them, they can go and sit on the beach, and we have an agreed plan over which we buy the properties over a number of years. It's a great ethical solution in the right circumstance. And I will be covering purchase lease options in detail in further podcasts. So I do hope you found this edition useful where we've deep dived into landlord letters which is one of the best ways to find landlords who want to sell their properties and there are lots of them right now so in the next episode i'm going to be talking about low money down property investing and no money down property investing and how you can profit from property with very little of your own money so until next time remember to always invest with knowledge invest with skill Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit 
propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property training for free. All of the details are in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.